You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldweg, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Beit Shemesh Israel 5783-2023. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayechi. Yaakov Avinu is on his deathbed. Jacob is about to pass on from the world. He's going to give blessings to Yosef's children, Menashe and Ephraim, to all of the twelve tribes. But before he does so, he makes a request of Yosef at Tzadik. He asks his son Joseph, the second in command of all of Egypt, the ruler, the longest reigning king over the Jewish people of all time, 71 years. He says to him, you have the power to bring me out of Egypt. You have the power to bury me back in the land of Israel. Even though, of course, the Egyptians, their leader was Yosef, and Yaakov was his father. They would want him to be buried there. They want him to be buried there in Egypt. They want the honor of his presence, even in death. But still, Yaakov says, I want, I want to be buried only in the land of Israel. What is the reason? Why did Yaakov specifically want to be buried in Israel? Why couldn't he wait? Why couldn't he wait, so to speak? Yosef is going to eventually be buried in Israel. His bones are going to be brought out of Egypt by none other than Moshe Rabbeinu himself. And eventually he would be buried in his, in his kever, kever Yosef, in Shechem which we can visit today. So why why did Yaakov need to be buried in Eretz Yisrael right away? What was his benefit? What, what did he? What was he concerned about? So the Medrash talks about this. I'd like to share, share it with you. There's a few different ideas, a few different possibilities in the Medrash. And the main point that I would like to share with you is based on the second part of the Medrash, but let's read the first part as well because it's interesting. Why did Yaakov request that he not be buried in Egypt. He was concerned because Egypt was a place of idolatry. Egypt was a place where there was worship of human beings, there was worship of animals. He didn't want to be made into an idol. We find that just like God brings about retribution upon those who serve idolatry, so too Hashem brings about retribution upon the idol itself. He didn't want any kind of negative retribution brought upon him. The Mephorshim explained, well, what, why would he have been considered an idol? Why would they have worshipped Yaakov Avinu? A few different possibilities. My thought was just simple understanding. Yosef was their leader. Yosef was an incredible person. He was obviously somebody who through whom Hashem was bringing abundance and pros- excuse me, prosperity. So Yaakov is his father. Naturally, you worship the ones who bring the things that you need to them. The Mephorshim say because the famine stopped when he was there, the blessing of Yaakov was fulfilled for Paro because he blessed him that the, the Nile River should rise up whenever he comes there, which is what happened. So, when you have spiritual power and you're living in a place where they appreciate spiritual power, so naturally you're going to be worshipped. He didn't want his, he didn't want to be worshipped. How do we see that that which is worshipped is also, uh, punishment is wrought upon the idol? The Pasuk tells us in Exodus, in Shemais Perkid Beis, Pasuk Beis, that God brought judgments upon all of the idols themselves. 
We find a similar idea. Yaakov Avinu didn't want to be worshipped. Daniel Hanavi also didn't want to be worshipped. He explained the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Well, Nebuchadnezzar heard the explanation of the dream. He fell on his face. Daniel Sigid, he was bowing down to Daniel. And he said, I want my servants to bring uh, libations and and uh, offerings in front of Daniel. He wanted to treat him like an, an idol. Daniel did not accept the offerings. He wasn't interested in this. It's not good to be the object of people's, of people's idol worship. And he understood that. He refused to accept any kind of offerings. He said, I'm not interested in this. Do not do this. Measure brings another thing. I'm going to skip it. It has to do with someone who did accept and it was wrong and he was punished. Okay, so that's the first explanation as to why Yaakov did not want to be buried in Egypt. They would make a shrine. We find a similar idea by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, his, his kever is not known until this day. Why? Because there was concern that his kever, his his uh, burial place, would be made into a shrine, an idolatrous shrine. Okay. Right. Davar Yaakov Amar Shalohipodu Bihamitzrim. Very interesting. Okay, this is very interesting. Yaakov did not want to be buried in Egypt. Do you know why? Because when a tzaddik, when a righteous individual is buried in a certain place, it serves as a protection for that place, for those people. They would be redeemed. Something positive would be given to the Egyptians. It would cause, perhaps, it would prevent the Jewish people from being able to get out of Egypt because they would have the protection of Yaakov being buried there. Which is very interesting. That's according to one explanation. Or just maybe in general, he wasn't interested in bringing goodness upon the Egyptians. It's interesting, I'm just thinking about it right now as I'm reading it, because Yosef is brought out, perhaps his burial did provide protection, but he was removed, his his body was exhumed and brought out of Egypt, along with the Jewish people, as as were all of the other tribes, the, the Rosh Hashvatim. So it's interesting, Yosef didn't, want, didn't have a problem to be buried there, or maybe he had no choice, but Yaakov didn't want to be any kind of protection for them. There's going to be a pidyon. Even, even more, Yaakov was concerned. There's going to be a redemptive process on behalf of the Egyptians if he's buried there. Why? They bow down to the goat. They bow down to the to the sheep. I'm sorry. Yaakov Avinu is compared. The Jewish people, the people of Israel, is compared to a sheep. Yisrael. The Jewish people is referred to as a flock of sheep that was of sheep that was spread out amongst the nations. In reference to Egypt, we find that there are, the Egyptians are referred to as the flesh of mules. We find that there's a concept. So we have Egypt is represented by the mule, by the chamor, by the donkey. Jewish people are represented by the sheep. If Yaakov is buried there, we'll have a redemption. There's a concept of redeeming the 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 chamor, 
the donkey via a sheep. Right? So Yaakov was concerned that that shouldn't, shouldn't happen. We shouldn't have a redemption of the Egyptians. We're not interested in the Egyptians' redemption. Yaakov was not, didn't want, didn't want to be buried in Egypt. So rather, Yaakov Avinu was buried in the land of Israel, which is very interesting because if you think about it today, many people want to be buried in the land of Israel, specifically in the, in the land of Israel. And we're going to soon see why it is that people want to be buried in the land of Israel. But before we move on, but, but the bottom line of it is very interesting. Yaakov Avinu knew that his presence, his, his physical presence of his bones in the land of, of Mitzrayim, of Egypt, would serve a positive purpose for the Egyptians, and he did not want them to have that. The Jewish people needed to be able to break free of their bondage in all ways. If, he, if Egypt had some kind of redemption, the, the Jews would have a much harder time getting out of the land of Egypt. The Jewish people need to be a separate nation, be a new nation, unencumbered by, by the Egyptians with whom they sojourned. Says the Medrash. Why is it that all of the Avis, all of the forefathers, specifically desired, they asked for, and they showed love for being buried in the land of Israel? Right? Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, all buried in Mars, Machpela. Tzadikim throughout the ages wanted to be buried in the land of Israel. Amr Abelazar, Devarim, Begoy. says there's a very deep idea which is hidden within this this concept. It's from the secrets of the Torah, says the Eitz Yosef. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Amar Ma'u Devar Megoy. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, what is the secret? What is the secret here that has to do with being buried in the land of Israel? The Pesach says, I will go in front of Hashem in the land of the living. Right? We know what is the land of the living. So there's two things here. There's the land and there's the living. The land is the land of Israel. And the living are those who are in the land of the living. Doesn't just doesn't refer to those who are alive today. It refers to those who lived and are now in a place of real life, a deeper place of life, connected to the source of life, eternal life. Those who have already passed on from the world. I want to be saying, what's the secret? Here's the secret. Listen carefully. I'm going to reveal the secret. The Medjush reveals it. There are two things that were said in the name of B'chalbay. Why is it that they so, it was so dear to them to be buried in the land of Israel? Hear this. Those who are buried in Israel, or really more accurately, those who have died in Israel, that's what the words say. Those who have died in Israel, they come back to life first in the times of Mashiach, in the times of the Messiah. And there's a 40-year gap, as explained by the Mephorshim, there's a 40-year gap from when those who live in Israel are going to be brought back to life and when those who live outside of Israel or are buried outside of Israel will be brought back to life. So there's 40 years of the Yomaisa Mashiach, of the days of the Messiah, that they will get to experience that those who are buried outside of Israel will not get to experience 40 years they'll miss out on. 
It means literally they will eat or consume the years of Mashiach. They'll have that benefit. Those who are buried in Israel will have the benefit of 40 extra years of experiencing Yemaisa Mashiach, the honor of Hashem at the Beis HaMikdash, which will not be experienced by those in Chutzlarts. Serious business here. Rabbi Chanina Omar. Now listen to this. There's more. There's more. We have to understand this. We have to get this into our core. We have to understand, you know, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of valid reasons why a person might live in Chutzlarts. But we should be living in Israel. We should. We should be living in Israel. And it's not enough to be buried in Israel. We should be living in Israel. Someone who dies in Chutzlarts and is buried there. He dies twice. A person who dies in Chutzlarts, outside of Israel, and is buried outside of Israel, he dies twice. The verse says in Jeremiah, in Yirmiah chapter 20, verse 6, you're going to go, it's, it's, I assume it's Yirmiah talking to this person, Pashkur, he says, you and all your children are going to go, you're going to be exiled, you're going to die in Chutzlarz, and there you'll be buried. There's a double language. You'll die and you'll be buried there. There is a double death. That's why the Tzadikim wanted to be buried. It was so important for them to be buried in the land of Israel, because they, they saw the future. They had a, they had a, a broad vision. They knew what it meant. That's why Yaakov says to Joseph, do not bury me in Egypt. He didn't want... So this is very interesting, because then this doesn't really answer the question as to why he didn't, why wasn't it okay to just uh, you know, be buried in Egypt and then his bones would be brought there later. It's not so clear. That's not, this, this, this issue doesn't... This answer doesn't answer that question. But what it does bring out, maybe he didn't want to take the chance. He didn't want to take the, take, have a risk. He wanted to be buried there immediately. Right? You don't take chances on these kinds of things. He wants to be buried specifically in Israel. Why? Because he wants to come back. He wants to be brought back to life and be able to experience 40 extra years of Yom That's why he said it. Simon says, hold on a second. We have a problem. What about all the righteous individuals who are who are buried outside of Israel? Is that to say that they're not going to have that experience? They were tzaddikim. They're not going to have the experience of those forty years. Of they're going to have to wait another forty years for Tchias Hamesim to be brought back to life. They're not going to experience those forty years of Yemes Mashiach. What is God going to do? This is a famous concept. God is going to make tunnels in the earth. He will make them like these these caves, and they will be drawn, or they will roll, and they will come until they get to the land of Israel. And God will give them life, He will place into them the spirit of life, they'll be brought back to life, and they will stand up. So they won't miss out. The tzaddikim who are buried in Chutz La'aretz, interesting, according to this Medrash, will not miss out. But they will have to go through this Gilgul 
that will have to be rolled, so to speak, all the way from Chutz La'aretz through the earth, all the way to Israel. And then, they'll be brought back to life, they'll stand. Shekane, how do you know that this is true? See, because the Pasuk says, in Echezkel, the famous prophecy of the dry bones, Ezekiel says, I'm going to open up, Hashem, in the name of God, I will open up your your graves, I'll bring you up from your graves, Imi with me, I will bring you upon the land of Israel. So there's, he's bringing them, and then the verse says, I will place into you, I'll bring you back to life, I'll place my spirit into you. Okay, so they will, the, the righteous ones will be rolled back to Israel, they won't miss out on those 40 years. Rishlakish points out that there's numerous psukim like this that's, that express the fact that once they get to Israel, they're going to be given a soul. Right, and the Mephorshim explain over here amazing thing. The Yosef explains that there's a tal triya, there's something called the dew of, of resuscitation of the dead. And this dew only can do its job in Israel. The land of Israel is the only place that triya samesim can happen, it seems, or at least at this point in, in the four, the 40 years earlier is only possible here in Israel. The bodies have to be drawn back to Israel and then they can be brought back to life. He also says, just very interesting, that there's a part by the tzaddikim, by a person who is righteous in his lifetime. So there's an aspect of his soul that remains in his body, even after the person has died. There are stories, I know personally, somebody who saw, not very recently, a story like this of, of a tzaddik who was reinterred in Israel, and the tzaddik was shalim. It was... A significant amount of time after he'd been buried and his body was still complete and whole. He hadn't deteriorated. There, there are stories like this. But how does it remain? Interestingly, that that story was outside of Israel. So the Yitzhak, there's a, there's a maintenance of the soul in the body of the tzaddik, which really is only applicable in the land of Israel. Okay, interesting ideas. Now hear this. Now hear this. This is the last thing we're going to read in this Medrash. There's actually an extended Medrash. There's a lot more here, but our time is limited. There's a story with Rebbe. Rebbe is Rebbe Huda Anasi. Rebbe Liezer. Rebbe Lazar Hagadol. One of the greatest Bali Masera. There's a story. They were going in a particular location outside of Tveria. They covered. They saw that a that a coffin was being brought to Israel in order to be buried in the land of Israel. It was coming from outside of Israel. So Rebbe said something very strong. You need to hear this. This is important. What what is going on here? This person died in outside of Israel, and now he's coming to Israel. To be buried here, I carry a love. When Achlosi something l'tayevo, b'chayechem, but tavoyevat tutamu asarti b'misaschem. 
You rejected my my land, Jeremiah the prophet says. And Rebbe quotes, in speaking about this person who's living outside of Israel and then comes to be buried in the land of Israel, you rejected my land. You found it to be ab- an abomination. Right, this is after destruction of Esau, let's be clear what we're talking about here. Oh no, maybe it's not. I'm sorry, it's it's Rabbi Huda Anasi. I believe it's the time of Beis Hamikdash. But Medrash is teaching this to us as well, right? So this is applicable to us as well. A person who lives outside of Israel, Rebbe says to him, "You have, you have expressed that Israel is disgusting to you. Why do you not live here in your lifetime? And then you come and you make my land impure in your death." As the Rebbe said. You lived outside of Israel, now you want to be buried in Israel. It's disgusting. You're coming to Im- cause my land to be impure. Interesting, interesting. He doesn't say that, he doesn't deny that it was, it was a terrible thing. But what he says is that the very fact that he's being buried in Israel is a kapara for him. It atones for his sin. Pasuk says in the Varim that the land atones for his nation. Okay, and he, and he points out over here, the, the ACSF points out, that Yaakov and Yosef, they also died in Chutzlaretz, right? <laughs> they died in Chutzlaretz and they asked to be buried in Israel. So, so was that a re- the fact that they were in Chutzlaretz, is that a rejection of Israel? Maybe they shouldn't, according to Rebbe, it's, it's, they shouldn't be buried in Israel. Why are they asking to be buried in Israel? Why are they coming to cause the land to be impure? But they're different, says the Yitzhak. Since they were absolute tzaddikim, they were completely righteous individuals, and they were a, a Merkava Lashkina, Excuse me, they were a a vehicle for the divine presence. So their death didn't they didn't become tummy even in their death, so they're not gonna be Matami the land of Israel. But it's a very interesting perspective. We're not aware of we don't think about. The fact that people live outside of Israel, especially now, seven million Jews in Earth Israel, it's an expression of a, a a rejection of the land of Israel. So much so that what right does that person have? To ask to be buried in Israel, according to Rebbe. Okay. Eliezer says, look, let's not go, fo- go so far. There's a kapara. Being buried in Israel is a tremendous mila. It's a tremendous positive thing. But let's hear this point and think about it. Let's hear this point and think about it. You know, one of my songs, I, I say, uh, if I, I have a song called Finally Here. And in the song, I sing about Mashiach coming. And basically, nobody cares. And I say, where is our hope, our faith, our pride? Where is the desire, the love deep inside? Right? We, we ask three times a day. We're talking about Eretz Yisrael. The whole tire is getting to Eretz Yisrael. Where is our hope, our, our faith, our pride? Where is the desire, the love deep inside? Where is that desire? Why are we not trying to get to Israel? Why are we, do we realize that in our actions, do we realize that when, when we don't have that desire, when we don't express it, when we don't try to get to Eretz Yisrael, we're not trying to move to Eretz Yisrael, it's not on our minds. We're waiting for some magical moment to arrive. Which who even says, you know, we're used to thinking the Mashiach just comes and magically carries us and all of our shuls and all of our homes will fly up in the air. And who says that that's how it's going to be? And who says that Mashiach will come and everyone will not have their same excuses? 
Right? We'll still have the same excuses, perhaps. Who says that Mashiach will come and will not have those same excuses? We have to be careful when that we're not rejecting the land of Israel. That we are making sure that our desire and our focus is how can we get back to the land of Israel? How can I, how can I come back to Eretz Yisrael, the holy land of Klal Yisrael, where the Ramban says that whoever lives in Chutzlar says, It's as if they don't have a God. Where does Hashem want us to be? Hashem wants us to be here. When? Now. Or at least we should have that strong desire and we're, we're trying to figure out how we can get there. This is very important. I would say that the Medrash is teaching us, it seems clear to me, the Medrash is teaching us that why do Yaakov want to be buried there? Because he didn't want to leave. He didn't even understand why he left. He had to. He had no choice. The, 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 the physical survival of the Jewish people was dependent upon leaving Israel at that time. It was clear. But, he, but the moment that he could get back there, he wanted to be back there. You know, he says, bury me in Eretz Yisrael. I want to be back there. I, what am I doing here? 71 years, he wasn't in more, really. He was, 20, he was 17. So, so 93 years, he wasn't in the land of Israel, but he wanted to be buried there. He said, "Take get, get my bones out of here. Where do I want to be? Where's my essence? My bones is my essence. My atzmius. My essence is Eretz Yisrael. That's where I belong. That's where a Jew belongs. That's where the Torah, the entire Torah is only po- possible to fulfill here in Eretz Yisrael. I saw these things saying you, you could buy a piece of land in Israel and thereby fulfill Shemitah and you could Meisters and Chumas and you don't need to buy a little piece of land and live in, in, in Lakewood and, and, and like that's okay. <laughs> I marvel at this. Eretz Yisrael. There's, there's no reason why we can't live here. There's no reason. There's no, there's no excuse. And there's certainly no excuse that we don't want to, or we don't even think about it. It doesn't even come in our minds. This is a scary verse. So I just, you know, these are things I think about. These are things that uh, come up. So I want to bring it to all of your attention, and I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. You should appreciate and realize the significance and the importance of Eretz Yisrael. Not wait till we're dead, you know, to be in Eretz Yisrael. Let's come to Eretz Yisrael while we're alive. Let's bring our children here. Let's raise our children in the land of Israel. Let's 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 take the opposite tack on this verse. Let's make sure that the the land of Israel, the the Yishuv of Eretz Yisrael, living in Israel should should be something that we desire, that we love, that we're mechabev. They're mechabev. Toivin u'mechabevin. They're toiveya. They say, I must, I must go there. I must be there. I love Eretz Yisrael. How can I not be there? How could it be? Where was the, the massive public outcry during Corona? Eretz Yisrael, how can we not be allowed in? Hashem should bless us that we should recognize the importance. The importance and the, 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 the centrality of this place. The Kodesh HaKadoshim of the entire world. Shem should help us to indeed return here. And we should have a tremendous love for Eretz Yisrael. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.